0: hey everyone welcome back to tooth and claw on this episode we're talking about camels we hope you guys enjoy it oh and one quick thing before we launch into the episode in full the final third of this episode we have a little bit of a special a special segment if you will we're doing another round of animal march madness so we have a huge bracket stocked full of all kinds of cool different animals and we see which one we think is the coolest We also run kind of a a little Instagram voting poll, uh, and I think we published our bracket over on our Instagram account, so you guys can all kind of see that. But just to address uh, something that may or may not be a big deal, I don't know, I I like to get out in front of these things sometimes, you might notice that a lot of obvious animal choices might be missing from this bracket, uh, and that's probably because we had those animals in our bracket from last year. So those episodes are archived on our Patreon if you're interested in that, but just so you don't get confused when you don't see like tiger somewhere on the bracket it's because we talked about it last year and we just kind of wanted to get uh, a batch of new fresh blood and uh that's all i've got to say let's go
1: hey everyone we are back uh we're tooth and claw podcast where wes mike and jeff uh, What's up? What's up? Uh, <laughs> um, funny story. For probably 15 years now, whenever me and Jeff call each other on the phone, we do the was ups and <laughs> we just do it until someone finally gives up. We've had
2: some long stretches. I've been yeah. in the
1: car when that was happening. Yeah.
2: And.
0: It got obnoxious like really fast (laughs) and went for about 10 times longer
1: than I was expecting it to. Yeah, it gets really obnoxious and then it gets funny because of how obnoxious it is. Like it it
0: goes in cycles. We went through about four of those cycles. And it's funny
2: like when you're with someone else because it's kind of embarrassing to be doing it. (laughs) Like
1: sometimes I'll be out and Jeff will do it and I'll be like, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) and then i'll just go ultra hard because i'll recognize
2: that he's somewhere he doesn't want to do it yeah anyway
1: i'm wes larson i'm a wildlife biologist hey i've been working with wildlife for over 10 years now um mostly bear species polar bears black bears sloth bears and now grizzly bears koala Um, bears jeff got to not koalas they aren't bears Jeff got to help me a little bit on my black bear project as a field tech. A lot. And, uh, yeah, for a year and a half, pretty much, right?
2: Yeah, and the winters
1: doing denning. Yeah, that's true, and the dens. Yeah, good point.
0: A lot. How many and, years does it take to get your wildlife biologist merit badge? Ten years, uh, <laughs> it seems like.
1: You're probably about there, right? I haven't gotten it yet. Yeah, I need to put oh, in wow. some more hours. And Mike is learning about wildlife on a weekly basis.
2: Are, are we all Eagle Scouts?
1: I'm an Eagle Scout. Mike? Yeah, I yeah, have right. my A little eagle's, eagle's nest. Nest. I
0: have my little card to prove it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh, I, the little like golden credit house. card thing. <laughs> it <don't laughs> yes, doesn't have,
2: have any money on it. I was disappointed <laughs> to find. Dude, um, I've gotten so many jobs putting just like <laughs> my <laughs> resume. It's just like people huge, like it. Like I feel like forty if I were forty if I were, font bold <laughs> eagle scout,
1: that's the only <laughs> thing on your resume. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I feel like if I was hiring someone in their Eagle Scout, I'd be like, oh, this dork. This guy's going to tell on <laughs> yeah. me the second yeah, I do anything. be a narc. Yeah. <laughs> so we're Tooth and Claw Podcast. We tell stories about animal attacks, but we like to do them in a way that's fair to the animals, explains their behavior, teaches people how they can prevent those same kind of circumstances, and teaches people a little bit about the animal's conservation status and why usually the animal isn't the one at fault. In most of these instances. Hmm. so That's a little bit about us. So if you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're not, thanks for sticking around so long. Yeah.
0: Jeff and <laughs> yeah. I are still around. Yeah.
1: That's nice. It's great. <laughs> We've made it a lot longer than I thought we would. And we got to exciting news coming up too that we'll be able to announce pretty soon. So stay tuned because we're just getting started. Big news coming. Big news. Big news. All right. Well, do you guys remember the movie Reign of Fire? Oh, no. how could I Oh, forget? man. Are you kidding <laughs> me? I was watching me? that. Uh, was... I think
2: about that, like, daily. <laughs> it's the best dragon movie, I think.
1: Huh. Yeah, I might agree I with like you. I like it better than The Hobbit. I don't know about that. I like The Hobbit more. Best dragon What's movie. What's your
2: favorite part of that movie?
1: My favorite part, spoilers, is when Matthew McConaughey, like, runs with the axe off the building <laughs> to kill the dragon, and it just eats him.
2: Yeah. is the best part of that movie. Yeah, he He's is, so without good. a doubt. Do you know what's uh, amazing about that
0: scene is that basically the entire marketing campaign was based around that clip of him like jumping off with the axe and swinging it. But they don't show the part of him getting eaten. You're just like you go into the movie thinking he's going to do something <laughs> really cool right then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it tricks you so bad because like, he's kind of like bigger than life the whole movie too. Yeah. So then you just kind of think, like, he's going to Vin Diesel this dragon. Right. <laughs> and it's like, oh, wait, that is like a 10,000 pound dragon.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was he thinking? I remember that movie came out on my birthday. And I remember seeing it on my birthday and thinking, this movie was made for me. This is my <laughs> movie. Um, yeah. Anyway, Jeff was a little late. To our recording session today, and I was just like flipping around Sorry, on the TV and turned on Rain of Fire and watched the first twenty minutes. <laughs> um, all right, what we are going to talk about today is camels. Ooh, babe. it's Hump Day. We're recording on a Wednesday. It's Hump Day, so that's one of the reasons we're talking about camels. Hump Day. The main reason is because there's a camel incident in the news recently. The billion people sent to us and
2: that's an exaggeration it
1: wasn't a billion but was a lot of people and it seemed worthy of inclusion in our news episode for sure but it was such a kind of complex thing and as i researched it i learned a lot more about camels so we just decided to turn it into a camel episode so you're Mm -hmm. getting a full-length episode on camels instead so i think i think we're ready are we ready to learn about camels oh yeah hold on jeff's not quite ready my pants he's pulling up his pants (laughs) he's got some camel toe now but, uh,
2: but <laughs> tighten the belt a little. Yeah.
1: All right. Strapped uh, in. So we're gonna be talking about dromedary camels, and I think I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, I'm are sorry. Are
2: those the ones with the humps on their back? It's got a
1: hump on its back. It's got one hump. <laughs> oh, and some have two. Yeah. So there are. There's um. What's the other one called? Shoot. It's oh Bactrian. So Bactrian. Yeah. Bactrian camels are the ones that have multiple humps. Dromedary camels have one hump. They're the camel you see most often. They're the ones that have been domesticated for the most part. There are domesticated Bactrian camels too, but like dromedaries are the ones you generally see. Mm -hmm. We're going to start with a quick story. And we're just, today's going to be an episode kind of similar to the cassowary episode where I've got a bunch of stories. So just kind of be ready for that. Some of them I'm going to be almost like reading them because there's not a ton of detail, but there's some good stories. Yeah, just okay. stay
0: on your toes. Get so, ready to be a little uh, yeah. nimble and navigate around I, oh, these different yeah. stories. Listeners. Yeah, you guys
1: better yeah, and we'll buckle be, in.
2: We'll be ready to just kind of like make one up as we go,
1: too. Yeah, if you <laughs> yeah. that's what you generally do, Jeff, so that works perfect. Uh, <laughs> all right, so in 2016 in Rajasthan, India, a man named Ujaram was entertaining guests in his home on a really sweltering Saturday night. So, the temperatures that day had almost reached 50 degrees Celsius, which is about 122 degrees Fahrenheit for all oh. you uh, Americans. And as the night 122? progressed. 122? Yeah, really hot. Um, it's a yeah. really hot part of India. So, as the night progressed, Ujaram had a startling realization. He had left his camel tied up outside all day in the heat. Well, that's uh, messed up. Yeah, and he knew that camels were like built for extreme temperatures. But an animal that's been restrained all day would have a much harder time coping with those really blazing temperatures. So he rushed outside to untie his camel. He's entertaining his friends. He realizes this. He rushes outside. The camel's acting aggressively because it's been left tied up in the heat all day. And once it was untied, it immediately begins attacking Ujaram. And this attack culminates in the camel biting his head off. Um, what? Yeah, bites his head off. <laughs> uh, so Thakara- Is he
2: like a mini person or something no
1: we're gonna get into this guys (laughs) it's a huge camel so Thakura Ram was a villager who was nearby when this attack happened and he described the scene as the camel lifting Ujaran by the neck throwing him on the ground severing his head and chewing his body and it took 25 villagers almost six hours to then restrain this camel and calm him down so that's a little appetizer for the stories that we're going to talk about today but because I think because camel attacks or incidents are so kind of something you don't really expect, I wanted to talk about the biology pretty early in this episode just to kind of give people an idea of how this happens, why it happens, and why camels can actually be kind of scary. All right? Yeah. So a little bit about camels. Dromedary camels haven't existed in the wild for about 2,000 years, but when they did, they were found in Northern Africa, the Middle East, the Near East, and Western and Central Asia. They were first domesticated in the Arabian Peninsula around 4,000 BC, and today a feral population of about 500,000, so half a million, dromedary oh, camels wow. live in Australia. So Australia has a huge camel problem. They have a ton of feral camels.
0: Hmm. Did you know that there were camels in Australia,
2: Jeff? I didn't. Yeah, that's did you
1: know news that, Mike? to me. No, I did not. Well, I you did guys not. Are already learning things. Yeah.
2: So did you know they could bite someone's head off, Mike?
0: Well, I'm looking at a picture right now of a camel in the background of the Zoom call. Yeah. This camel's mouth is real. It's not a real camel. I'm going to show you guys (laughs) clear that up, but his mouth is not very big.
1: I'm going to show you guys just what they're packing as far as their mouths are concerned later. So as domesticated animals, they're used for riding animals, for carrying baggage and equipment, for their dairy. Camel milk is like a pretty common thing in the Middle East and the Raven Peninsula and stuff. For their meat and for their hides and their wool. Today, there's about 15 million dromedary camels in the world. They're large, even-toed ungulates. So again, ungulates are pretty much just like any large hoofed mammal is an ungulate. They grow to almost seven feet tall, like the biggest camels at the shoulder, and they can weigh up to fifteen hundred pounds. Wow! They have a long, curved neck, a narrow chest, and a single hump. Now, one hump. There's a lot I could. Yeah, (laughs) one hump jump exactly. Uh, There's a lot that I could go into with camels about like their appearance and their habits and everything, but I really think when it comes to them, the most amazing thing. And the thing I want to talk about the most is how they've adapted to life in such extreme environments and how they haven't just adapted to life in the desert, but they actually thrive in the desert. So first of all, a question for you guys, what do you think is in the camel's hump? We're just going to get this one out of the way first. Water. Mike? Uh, I don't know if there's anything in it. I thought that's how you could tell how
0: old they were is how many humps they had. So you just think it's empty? It's full of air? (laughs) Like <laughs> like rings on a tree. <laughs> um, what's your guess for what's year inside they gr- of it? Girl a new
2: I, hump? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like a once you're like a ten year old camel, you're like a camel limo.
1: There's like ten <laughs> people riding on each hump. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to answer it.
0: It's water, right? It's It's got to be water. water. So that's the common misconception.
1: It's a fat deposit. And Mm -hmm. the reason they have that hump is it's like it's a store of energy. So if they're ever having a really hard time finding food in the desert, they can start to break down that fat in their hump and it gives them more energy and even a little bit of water. But it's not like a water deposit. It's mostly for food. The humps seem pretty like firm though, right? They are. It's I mean, it's pretty firm fat, but it's still like kind of squishy. Yeah. How okay. much control do they have?
0: Is that something that just kind of like I starts think it's happening when they need it, or do they can they actually like trigger that into happen? No, I, guess, I, don't, I don't
1: know. I don't think they can trigger it. I think it's just like our bodies. Like if you were lost in the desert and you're fat, sooner or later your body's going to start breaking down fat for energy. Mike yeah.
2: thinks they're like meditating to use their fat or something. <laughs>
1: they reach up with their hoof and just push the hump down. <laughs> so they have really bushy eyebrows and they have a double row of eyelashes to prevent dust and sand from getting in their eyes during windstorms so if you ever get close to a camel you notice they have like really beautiful eyelashes and that's just protection from the the dust and sand and then it also helps them shield their eyes from the glare of the sun they also have a nictitating membrane that sweeps sand out of their eyes when it does get in there so nictitating membrane is pretty much just like a third eyelid that goes back and forth over the eye cool Mm. so like alligators have those some cats have those a lot of animals have those A really cool thing about them, they can consciously close their nostrils in order to prevent sand from entering and to preserve water. That's a really rare trait among mammals. Not many mammals can consciously close their nostrils. I can close my nose. Try. Do it. You're not
0: closing it. You're just adjusting. <laughs> There's no discernible difference. I can outside. close my
2: nostrils. Your nostrils are if open. If you're listening, try to close your nose.
1: I and guarantee you Like without trying. your fingers, you mean. Mm-hmm. Your nostrils aren't closing.
2: I can like squish it down. Yeah, we know that.
1: <laughs> you should be proud of yourself. Um, okay. They have a wide, almost snowshoe-like hoof that prevents their feet from sinking into the sand. So their hooves are really wide and that gives them more surface area as they're walking it helps them not to sink in as much. Mm. They have their coats have a really low thermal value so they actually serve as insulation from the heat, which is kind of counterintuitive. You'd think like this big woolly coat would yeah. make them a lot hotter, but it actually helps them cool down. And camels that have been like shaved tend to sweat a lot more than camels that have their whole coat. Interesting. Uh, okay. They have leathery cuz
2: they get really hairy.
1: Yeah, especially Bactrian camels. Like the one Mike has in his photo is a Bactrian camel. Dromedary <laughs> camels usually have a pretty uh, lighter coat. <laughs> well, yours is a very altered one with like 10 knobs. Um, <laughs> all right. So they have leathery, heat resistant pads on their feet, knees, elbows, and sternum that allow them to lay down in hot sand. They also don't have a stifle fold. So a stifle fold is the skin that stretches from an animal's abdomen to its thighs. So a lot of times when you see animals walking, there's like kind of a bit of skin in between their, their stomach and their thighs. Hmm. And camels are one of the few mammals that don't have one of those. And the reason they don't have that is because then when they lay down, there's a gap between their stomachs and their thighs in the ground. And that allows air to go underneath their bodies and circulate. And that keeps them cooler. So they're not like making as much contact with the sand. That's really cool. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have that? Uh, we, I don't know if we have a stifle fold. I don't think Check so. Check real quick, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm trying. I don't know what to look for.
1: <laughs> All right. They have a lot of adaptations per, for preserving water. Um, they have noses that they use like dehumidifiers. So there's mucous membranes in their noses that cool the air as it's expelled. So that air kind of condenses and it's kept in the nose and in the body. So the air that they're expelling has very little water vapor in it. They're actually like oh, cool. keeping that water vapor. Whereas we... Our, our air that we expel is pretty much this our body temperature, so all the water vapor goes with it, but theirs is cooled down.
0: That's crazy.
1: A crazy thing. Again, Mike, I don't know if this is something they do on their own, like if it's a conscious decision, but they can increase their body temperature as the environmental temperature goes up and decrease it as it goes down. And again, that kind of sounds counterintuitive, but as things get hotter, if they also increase their body temperature, then they don't sweat. And so they won't lose that moisture uh, to the environment. So hmm. that's like an a adaptation to prevent them from sweating more and losing moisture. They, you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of Dune and how they have those um, suits, yeah. the still suits that like just preserve yeah. every little bit of moisture. A camel kind of has like a still suit. Its entire body is designed mm. to prevent moisture loss. That's sweet. They change their breathing rate depending on how dehydrated they are. Uh, their urine is really thick and viscous because they have specialized kidneys that help remove a lot of the water and then My cycle it back like that. into the body.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Viscous pee? Yeah. Is it like, how viscous? Or is it like a jelly? It's not
1: like a sludge, but it's, okay. it's thicker <laughs> than painful. like, do you guys remember when like the Aaron Ralston story, how he kept peeing, the 127 hour guy, yeah, yeah, he kept yeah. peeing and drinking and peeing and drinking it and peeing and, and like by the end meat. it was like brown and thick. Like that's what camel pee is Ugh. like because they've just taken all the water out of it. Anyway, sorry for that, that yeah. image. That's not a <laughs> great I think people are curious about thick pee. Yeah. They can change their breathing rate depending on how dehydrated they are because as you breathe, you do lose a little bit of moisture even if you're a camel. Oh, I said that Especially one Especially if you're like a wild Karen. Uh, a wild what? <laughs> spitting at the manager. Yeah, true. You're losing <laughs> a lot of moisture then. Um, they can tolerate. So this is a crazy one. They can tolerate more than 30% of their total body water loss, which is much more than most animals. So in temperatures of 30 to 40 degrees Celsius, which is about 88 to 104 degrees Fahrenheit, they only need to drink every 10 to 15 days. And then in the hottest temperatures they live in, they only need to drink every four to seven days. So they really don't need to drink very much. Yeah. That's wild. But the crazy thing is when they do drink, they do it really quickly and in huge amounts. So a camel can drink 100 liters or 30 gallons of water in just 10 minutes. So just imagine putting out like 30 milk jugs, gallon milk jugs full of water. A camel could down all those in 30 minutes or 10 minutes.
0: I want to see that. I've been watching this YouTube channel recently. It's this guy called Badlands Chugs, and he just chugs like two (laughs) liters of Coke every day. Yeah, uh, I don't know why I keep watching. It's like weirdly mesmer. I'm pretty sure my dad does that. Yeah, he's at like a hundred
2: <laughs> yeah. liters of diet coke by like 10 a.m.
0: We should have your dad and a camel have like a chug competition. <laughs> and the
1: Gronkowski. Me and yeah. Jesse got on like a of competitive eating kick the other week where we watch videos of people competitive uh, eating. I thought you were eating no, like no. with each other. <laughs> 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 i knew you were gonna think that next time we
0: see you you're both just like 400 pounds
1: no we were watching like joey chestnut and kobayashi like Uh, the goat like a billion big macs or whatever they eat yeah yeah anyway it was crazy crazy.
2: so that's what camels do when they drink with water (laughs) yeah Not hamburgers.
1: So um, they also have oval-shaped red blood cells. That guy's head, kind (laughs) of. Those oval-shaped red blood cells help to facilitate blood flow during dehydration. I don't really understand the mechanics of that, but apparently they do, and having oval-shaped red blood cells is rare. They're also adaptive feeders because where water is really scarce in the desert, so is vegetation. So they only eat small amounts of each plant that they find so as not to kill the plant so that they can be able to come back to that plant. Humans
2: could learn from that. Yeah, it's true. Mm
1: -hmm. And they also have specialized mouths and digestive systems that allow them to eat really rough and really thorny plants like acacia. Mm. Is that a
0: thing? Sorry, I know I'm interrupting you in the middle of a thought. No, you're good. It seems like mostly animals would kind of just like eat while the eating's good, kind of. Is that like a thing for other animals where they like leave a little bit for later? It for sure is, but it's
1: not common. Like what you're saying is more likely where an animal just like eats whatever's there and then moves on and doesn't really give much thought to like the next camel. Yeah. But if you're, if you're living in the, in the desert and like, there's not much food around, you need to real camels need to recognize that if they destroy all of the food, then there won't be any food next week or whatever. So cool. Yeah. Thanks
0: for, yeah. Thanks for articulating my thought better than I did Wes. Hey,
1: it's all right. That's what I'm here for. So we're going to talk about the rut a little bit. Do you guys know what a rut is in an animal? Uh,
0: the rut isn't, is that the
1: period of time when they're like Trying to get it on exactly. So it's it's it happens in males, and it's during the breeding season. It's a time of the year where pretty much their hormones turn them crazy, it changes a lot of aspects of their behavior to increase their chances of mating. So it happens a lot in ungulates. So like, elk go into a rut, bison go into a rut. A lot of ungulates go into like a rut. Strutting
2: a bit more and stuff like that.
1: It's more, yeah. I mean, like the biggest males are going to get really aggressive at like running off smaller males. And it mm-hmm. just turns like really pretty docile, calm animals into like really aggressive territorial animals. So with camels, the rut generally occurs during the coldest months of the year and males that were previously pretty docile and gentle become flooded with androgen, which is a certain hormone. And they become much more aggressive and difficult to manage. They start splashing urine on their tails and their nether regions. And after mating males will extrude their doula, which is part of their soft palate. Um, it's something really unique to dromedary camels. That's, that's kinky. It's really gross. Um, so if, you, if you're if you curious what this, what this looks like, is, look up a video of a camel doula or put in camel soft palate. And it's essentially Dark like, yeah. it's this, yeah. It's Not this, while you're at work. With <laughs> it, a girl. It really, it's pretty gross. <laughs> they <laughs> They pretty much like spit out this meat sack that like hangs out of their mouth. And it like inflates a little bit and stuff, but it's really weird. And it's like it looks like it's they're like vomiting attached up to their them stomach. still, but it's yeah. just like hanging out of their mouth, it's just hanging out. And then, like, yeah. after they kind of like shake seen it that. around and stuff, they swallow it back in. What? It's really yeah. gross. It's That's really girls weird. like
0: that, girl. Um, it's really weird. So, they do it's it like the size of my sack. Oh, okay,
1: yeah. And it's kind of it is though, it is like a courtship thing, like after they've made it, they do it, and it's kind of like. Check me out. After I don't
2: you know. made it? Like I don't it's totally like you already did it, it dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: to prove you lost your virginity kind of thing. I think it's I'm to glad, keep them around. <laughs> I'm glad you oh I see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty happy that humans part of our mating ritual, air quotes. We don't have to like pee on ourselves. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Depends it, who it. You some are. people. It's yeah, not kinky. I shade. shouldn't never mind. here You <laughs> yeah. know what?
1: Forget I ever said anything. All right. Anyway, it's a weird thing. Look it up. Uh males will threaten each other for dominance over the females. By trying to stand taller than the other males, they make low noises. They make a series of head movements, including lowering, lifting, bending their necks, and they try and defeat other males by biting the opponent's legs and taking their head between their jaws. So that's uh, like uh, that and bells, uh, earlier, a like that should ring some bells. Taking their head between their jaws, yeah.
2: They have quite the bite.
1: They do pretty much when a camel's in rut and it feels threatened by a human, it's going to treat the person the same way that it would treat another camel. And those kind of interactions can be pretty devastating to a person, as we learned in that first story. But Ujaram isn't the only person to have his head bitten by a camel. Although he was the only one that I found that had his head completely severed, I did find a scientific paper that That's was published. So crazy. This paper was published in 2015. The authors' names were Kane and Arya, and they investigate camel bites on the face and head. And said that those bites range from minor lacerations to total loss of of soft and hard tissue. So, like, your soft tissue is your skin and meat and stuff. Your hard tissue is, like, your bones and your teeth and whatnot. So, total loss of hard and soft tissue would be, like, having your head bit off. Yeah. The paper looked at 20 different patients that had been bitten by camels. And they found that a majority of camel bites involve bites on the head and neck. And that's likely because of accessibility. Like, your head is really close to the camel's head. And the fact that they attack those same areas when they're fighting other camels. So I want to read a couple excerpts from that paper just because I found it really interesting just how violent these bites can be. So this is going to be pretty like medical terms. So you guys are just going to kind of have to try and tease out what it means. But it says involvement of mandible, maxilla, nasal bone, and zygoma were seen in most of the cases. That's like your your nose, your jaw. I can't remember what zygoma is. But pretty much your whole face. Deep infected lacerations involving ears and sinus, cheek, chin, and neck regions were presented. Furthermore, the oral mucosa were severely avulsed in some cases. Three patients had a total detachment of central segment of mandular bone, so your jawbone, along with dental arch, as well, as well as soft tissue involving floor of the mouth, base of tongue, soft palate, and tonsillar pillars. So pretty much ripped off their jaw as well as their tongue, their soft palate, the top of your mouth, and your tonsils. Uh Overlying chin skin and part of cheek skin. So those were also ripped off. Associated injuries included limb trauma in three cases. In one case, the upper limb was severely crushed, was subjected him to shoulder disarticulation. So um, his shoulder was, uh, what's that called again when your shoulder? Disarticulated. Disarticulated, (laughs) exactly. Three cases had a cervical spine injury. So they go on to talk about what usually happens in a camel bite and why they're so destructive. The head and the face of the victim is the most vulnerable part, which is directly attacked. Due to large jaws size, camel engulfs the head of the victim and crushes it like a nutcracker, resulting in severe soft tissue and skeletal injuries to the face. The severity of injuries caused by camel bite is attributed to its dentition. So this is the part that I thought was really interesting. Because when you see a camel, you typically see those lower teeth sticking out and you think, Oh, this animal has teeth like a horse or like a cow or something where there's probably like the teeth on top probably look the same, you know? And to me, it's like, oh, if I get bit by a horse, there's going to be like a pressure thing, but it's not like getting bit by like a predator or something where they're going to try and like rip my fingers off. So when it comes to camels, the upper incisor of the camel is vertical peg like while lower incisors are oblique and smaller than upper. The lower incisors are projected outward. So those are those teeth you usually see. The upper canine is well-developed in the form of recurving tusk. Canines are the main teeth that inflict serious injury during bite. Shape of the canine is tusk-like. It is separated by the incisors by a space, and the lower canine bites into the space between the upper incisor and canine. So there's a lot more of that I could read on. But essentially, now the way I want you to picture camel teeth, it pretty much looks like a horse skull but then bear teeth in front. Jeez. They have big canines and like, oh my gosh. and then incisors like sharp incisors too. So I've got a photo here that I can show you guys. So you can see there's like a big canine and there's these sharp oh incisors Kind of like a
2: puzzle piece that they like fit together.
1: Yeah. I mean, they truly have really sharp, big canines on top. Yeah. They look like they have bear teeth on top. It really It's does. pretty crazy. It's crazy. If so you're driving while listening right now, Pull over, pull over and look, look up teeth. camel teeth. Yeah. So their teeth can do a lot of damage, um, but they do have other weapons yeah. too. And From now use- on, whenever like someone
2: says she's going to bite your head off, I'm going to think of a camel.
1: Uh-huh. So they do have other weapons, and they do use those in incidents with humans too. And I want to talk about the story that prompted this episode. And unfortunately, this is one that just recently occurred. It's really tragic. But on March 10th of this year, the Obion County Sheriff's Office in Tennessee received a call that a rampaging camel was attacking people near Shirley Farms in Obion. So two deputies quickly got into a cruiser and they sped off to the farms, not knowing what to expect. But my guess is they were likely not expecting the worst, you know, like if you hear that a camel's on the rampage, you're not expecting to like find dead bodies. They probably expected a camel though. They probably did expect a camel, that's true. (laughs) So they arrive on scene, and they're shocked to see two unconscious people lying on the ground, and the camel actually comes charging toward their vehicle immediately. Then it peels off, and the two deputies try to rescue the unconscious victims, and the camel charges again, forcing the deputies to shoot it and kill it. And then when they did respond to the victims, they found that they were both dead on the scene. They were Bobby Matheny, who's 42 years old, and Tommy Gunn, who was 67. Tommy Um, Gunn? Tommy Gunn. Oh. Isn't (laughs) from Rocky five Tommy gun like Tommy gun or like the gun like the gun. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even put that together. Anyway, no one from Shirley Farms has issued a statement yet. Uh, They've told press that they're grieving. But in some of these articles that I read about this incident, they interviewed this guy named uh, Bernard Fay. And he's the chairman of the International Society of Camelid Research and Development. And he commented on the incident and said that camels are generally well-behaved and gentle animals that have good relationships with people, but that circumstances like stress or the rut can drastically alter their behavior. He said that most camel attacks are caused by rutting males and said that their aggressive behavior is usually limited to kicking with their legs or sometimes biting, but sometimes they run after people and can kill by lying down on people and crushing them under their weight. He said that even a well-behaved male camel can still go mad during the rutting season and that the animal essentially becomes crazy. And he says that accidents are not common when the owner can properly manage the animal. So again, this story just happened. It's super tragic. I think where it just happened last week, I don't really want to comment too much on it. I want to give these people's families like time to mourn and grieve their loved ones. But it is an interesting thing that kind of prompted us to talk about camels. How much did um, you
2: say camels weigh again?
1: So up to 1,500 pounds. It's like a more likely... Uh, weight range is like females are anywhere from like 600 to, I believe 1300. And then males are like 800 to 1500. So like around a thousand pounds would be like a good estimation. Now crush you. Yeah. That's a lot of weight.
0: What was the post-mortem on these two? Do like, was it, there's no information yet. No information yet. No, no post-mortem
1: or like cause of death has been released yet. So a really eerily similar incident happened in Wichita Falls, Texas at this place called Camel Kisses Ranch. This was 2015. Mark who who is 53, was a worker at the ranch, and he entered the camel pen where there was a male dromedary camel and two females being kept. And he'd intended to de-ice the water trough that they were drinking out of. It had frozen over. But when he got in there, the male charged him, and the male was in rut and acting really aggressively. So the camel came after Mark, And as he climbed out of the enclosure, the ranch owner, whose name was Peggy McNair, and she was 72, tried to close the gate, but the camel, like, bursted through it, and then it chased these two people down and trampled them to death.
0: Oh, man. Both of them.
1: Both of them. And so when the sheriff and deputies arrived, they also were given permission to kill the male camel. So pretty crazy. I'm just going to keep ripping through these. In October 2014, another deadly camel attack happened in Mexico. Um, and this one may have been related to the camel not getting its daily treat, which Jeff would probably kill someone if he didn't get his daily treat, too. But <laughs> That'd be uh, mad for sure, I'd it was charge a, him. It was and a trample, trample <laughs> him, him, um, bite their head off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a Chicago man who owned a wildlife park in Tulum died after being kicked, bitten, and sat on by a camel. And the authorities seized all their private animals uh, they had monkeys, llamas, a wild boar for an investigation but a statement posted by the sanctuary on its Facebook page said Richard Moleski the owner was 60 they had to use a rope tied to a pickup to pull the enraged camel off his body and the camel Jeez. kicked and bit him practically to death and when he was almost dead he sat on him oh man mr did canto end said Ended
2: up killing him did you say that
1: yeah and this guy that they were um that they were interviewing alberto canto he said while it was unclear why the camel attacked Mister Molesky, Mister Kanto said one version is that he would always give him a Coca Cola to drink, and apparently that day he didn't. Uh, <laughs> Come on, that's so my favorite treat. You gotta David give your treat. camel, you camel, camel Coca Cola. That's your favorite treat, Jeff? Uh,
2: yeah, that's when I'm like giving up sugar for something. That's my hardest thing to give up.
1: You do love a Coke, so does Dad. Mm-hmm. I said Coke weird there. Um, sure did. <laughs> All right, so here's my favorite headline I found while I was looking at camel attacks. Woman sues Confederate group says a camel bit her at Jefferson Davis's old house. Um, <laughs> so Jeff or Mike, do you remember? Do you know who Jefferson Davis is? Yeah, the president of the Confederate States. Right during Civil War. Yeah. Right when the Civil War happened, the Confederacy elected their own president, and that was Jefferson Davis. So a Florida woman recently, this is like verbatim from the article, a Florida There's some woman- There's
2: bad Jeffs out there. There are, <laughs> yeah. Bad Jeff.
1: <laughs> a, a Florida woman recently filed a lawsuit in Mississippi's Harrison County Circuit Court against the United States of Confederate veterans, claiming the camel named Sir Camelot attacked her at Beauvoir, <laughs> the site of Jefferson Davis's home and presidential library. What? So this Biloxi home was owned by Jefferson Davis, who was, again, the president of the Confederacy from 1879 until his death in 1889. Bad And the home is now owned by the group Sons of Confederate Veterans, who have made it a shrine to Davis. So tourists will, like, visit this place to learn about the history of the home, but they also go there to see the goats and the camels that are found on the property. So I guess when Jefferson Davis was the the United States Secretary of War— he inaugurated this really weird experiment for the purpose of determining whether camels could be used for transportation purposes in the United States. Okay. And specifically, weird. he wanted to see if they could be used by the US Army in the desert southwest. So he did kind of have a connection to camels. Mm. But little did he know that they would also attack people <laughs> that were interested in learning more about his legacy.
0: Yeah, maybe this camel was like a a union sleeper cell yeah, or something, exactly. waiting for. I, <laughs> I'm kind of wondering
2: if he didn't die and like become a camel. He might have. You were wondering camel. that, Jeff. <laughs> I think he might be the camel. You he's think Camelot?
0: That situation is likely to you. <laughs> nah, it's possible. All right.
1: So, the story crazier things have happened. (laughs) Crazier things have not happened. All right. Sylvia June Abbott was visiting the estate on October 20th, 2015, when Sir Camelot reportedly charged her, knocked her to the ground, trampled her, and bit her. She sustained serious injuries and fractures, not limited to her back and wrist. I, I should mention that. Sir Camelot was named by like a group of I believe 9-year-old kids in the <laughs> it's a visited, great name. Yeah. The suit also claims that she experienced physical and mental pain and suffering and has undergone treatment with physicians. So the lawsuit calls Sir Camelot dangerous and says he has a propensity for attacks, but the people who work at Beauvoir say that the camel is an asset to the property and a delight and enjoys Dr. Pepper and coffee, which just makes me wonder, why are all these people giving camel soda and (laughs) caffeine? They probably love it. Yeah, I guess. So kids love the camel. He's a huge draw to the property. But in December December 2015, he was removed as well as the goats because the goats had been headbutting vehicles but visitation dropped off like really quickly so they brought the animals back in 2016 so it, it turns out that people would much rather see some animals than the house of an old dead racist so good call uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a quick disclaimer on this next one it's our last one i was done with stories and then i was just kind of right before we decided to record was browsing and found this one and i just couldn't not include it so I'm going to be reading a bit of this from the internet directly, but it's a really good story. So the headline is, in wild encounter, woman bites testicles of tiger truck stop camel to escape, officials say. Wait, So the human woman? Okay. I'll <laughs> what yeah. would
2: Mike and Jeff do? Bite <laughs> so, <laughs> testicles.
1: On the list, now. This woman and her husband, who I think went unnamed in the article and like everything, they had been throwing treats to their dog under this camel's fence at a truck stop. So it's one of these truck stops that has a bunch of exotic animals, which to be honest is kind of messed up. Like, I don't agree with those kind of places. They usually don't treat their animals very well. I don't think this one was any exception, but they had a camel and they're throwing treats inside the camel's pen to like tempt their dog to pretty much go in there and get the treats. Okay. Um, so these guys are asking for it. Yeah, exactly. So the dog goes inside, it begins interacting with the camel and then the couple crawls in, they crawl in under a barbed wire fence to try and like get the dog out. And when they do this, the camel sits on the woman and and she bites it to get it off of her. And she said, and this is her quote, I bit his balls to get him off of me. I bit his testicles to get him off of me. So she bit this camel right in the balls to try and get it to like get off of her. And apparently it worked. The camel She really got off
0: wanted of her. us to know for sure that it was the balls. Yeah. She said balls. She specified as two different. Yeah. yeah. And this it, one was
1: interesting to me because it could have killed her. This was yeah. probably a good defense strategy because it did work. But they did find that this couple had provoked the camel. The camel did nothing wrong. Uh, the people were being the aggressors in this mm-hmm. one. So they actually, I think they got them for like, having their dog off leash or something Mm. but the owners of the truck stop said that they had never had any problems with the camel before but this like the cop that was investigating this said why did you throw your doggy treat under the fence and the guy just the husband said i just wasn't thinking so i thought that was a pretty interesting story yeah being the youngest
2: of three boys i don't i'm not saying biting but like if you're getting squished and like Wes, I and my dad sometimes would just sit on me, and like I was too little to like yeah, get Jeff up. Jeff was a ball puncher. Last last resort, uh, you go you? for the balls. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's honestly like they teach that in a lot of self defense classes too. Going for the balls is a good a good tactic, and apparently it works with camels too. Yeah. All right, so that's How it for big stories. Are your
0: camel testicles.
1: I don't know, <laughs> but I do know when they go into the rut, they swell like twice as large as they typically are. Oh wow. <laughs> I did learn that. Okay. Yeah. so Why actually, didn't you share that during biology? You know, I didn't feel the need to. I knew that we were already going to talk about balls. He knew He knew we'd get to it eventually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All roads lead back to Rome for us around here. <laughs> There's a lot of other camel stories out there, but these are the ones that I cherry picked for this episode. We'll probably have to do another camel episode at some point because I did find them pretty fascinating. Yeah, um totally. The decapitation so, is just so crazy to me. Yeah
2: just like that a camel did that and like it seems like it didn't take it too long to decapitate the guy
1: yeah i don't know exactly how long it was but there's a video out there that i've seen on like fail videos and youtube and whatnot of a guy where a camel like bends in and grabs him by the head and like throws him and like tosses him completely up in the air and like pretty far and it's crazy just how strong you see it is. And it's it's like we talked about. It pretty much engulfs his whole head and its jaws. They I, probably I mean, get some good, like, centrifugal power with, like, their long, loopy neck where they just whip. You know, whip yeah, them out. exactly. That's what it does in the video. I will say that the decapitation story, was it was, like, the articles I found about it were all the exact same. And I don't think there was, like, a ton of investigation done. So... There, I do hold a little bit of doubt that his head was like totally decapitated, but mm. that's what it was reported as. So that's what we're reporting it as.
2: Yeah. It also just sucks to get man. like trampled and bit and then like you're still alive and Sat then on. it just sits on sits you on, to yeah. death. I,
1: I thought the same thing. <laughs> like 1,500 like, pounds. Oh yeah. man. Well, it's also it's just like a pretty bus. Cr- crazy that they're that self-aware that they know I can just sit on this thing and kill it. Because elephants do that or maybe too. Maybe they're just like I'm worn out attacking this person. <laughs> <Yeah>, I <I'm laughs> gotta sit down and yeah. <laughs> And they're like, "Oh, that worked."
2: <laughs> or so, had, whoops,
1: that's it for camel stories and biology. Do you guys have any questions about dromedary camels? Do they like to smoke uh, cigarettes? I don't know. Joe Joe Camel sure did. He sure liked smoking and talking kids into smoking.
2: <laughs> they, I think they just like soda.
1: I've yeah. never. Yeah, they do like so soda? Even when
0: I was really little, when I saw the Joe Cool, like whatever the tagline, I forget what it was, smooth experience or whatever, he always looked so lame to me. I know. Even when <laughs> yeah. I was really little, I was like, is this supposed to make me want to smoke? And he's like yeah. some dork in like a letterman's jacket leaning on his car or something. I don't know. Yeah. Camels just don't really exude cool,
1: you know? Not even do Joe they? Cool? I don't know. Uh, do I'm, I'm do. going to look yeah. up Joe Cool really quick. Uh, we're going to get into that. Do okay. you guys have any questions about the story first? No. Is camel poo viscous too? I don't know. So apparently camel poo is really dry and you can use it as like fire starters and stuff because it's so dry and there's so See, little now moisture See, That's good
0: it. to know. You should have yeah. mentioned that.
1: Sorry, I forgot. I was going to mention it. I'm looking at pictures of Joe Cool. He seems pretty cool to me.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Anyway. All I'll, right. You know, I'd, I'll be wrong. If everyone wants good, to say
0: he's cool, I'll be wrong.
1: This is a good segue into our um, into our pop culture camels. So did you guys pick your favorite pop culture camel? Yeah. Jeff, do you yeah. want to go first?
2: Yeah. So I'm going to give two because one of them I just am not sure people will know. Mm-hmm. But the first one is Eyelash from One Piece. Oh, come it's on. One Piece. Such a <laughs> funny character. It's, it's gotta be, yep. it's just such a like arrogant camel that's like,
0: he only lets the girls ride on him <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and the rest of the crew like beats him up. Oh man. That was my pick too.
1: So mine is just the movie, the mummy, the Brendan Fraser mummy, uh, nice. uh, yeah. because there's a ton of camels in it. And I remember the camels kind of, that being was my like, backup. That was your backup. I remember yeah. them kind of being like characters, like he hates camels or something. I can't remember. But I just I couldn't think of many good camels. I was going to pick Joe Cool, but then that seemed too like low-hanging fruit, and then I was trying to think of cartoon camels and I want The, the mummy. Mummy's a great movie. It is. Uh, it's a great. It. Movie. We all three yeah, yeah, are big, big Brandon and Fraser
2: fans, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're going to go into what would Mike and Jeff do? So what would Mike and Jeff do if they were attacked by a camel? And I'm just going to let you guys pick whichever of these attacks you want. Okay.
2: Yeah. I'll let you go first.
0: Oh, okay. So, any, <laughs> this, I guess this applies to any of the attacks, but maybe just like poke a straw into their hump, like a Capri Sun, and suck out all the water. There's no water. <laughs> Turn into the, a raisin. Really, oh, the first wait, thing that, that we went over. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. That was forever yeah. ago. I forgot. <laughs> I
2: don't know all if right. I've ever used this one before. I might have. Uh uh-huh. But it seems like you could Star Wars them pretty good, where you just run around them with a rope. A few times until their oh, legs are all yeah. together. I think you maybe did that with moose, over.
1: but it, it's a good answer. They kind of have you the
2: same legs as moose. Yeah.
1: That's why my mind goes there. Yeah, That's It's a good answer. So as far as I could find out, people interact with camels at such a high level. There's so many domestic camels out there and people interacting with them every day that really they're not that dangerous. There would be, I mean, people would constantly be being attacked if they were because these are an animal that like, are key to a lot of different societies, but when they do get really aggressive or when they're like in the rut or whatever, the main thing is just paying attention to those warning signs that we gave earlier. So if they're like lowering their head or if they're making those low noises or like putting their ears back or swinging their head back and forth, you know that the camel's aggravated and you know that it's aggravated with you probably. So you want to get out of that area. If a camel actually comes at you The thing is just to get away from it. So we typically say like, don't run from animals. Generally when it's ungulates, the opposite is true and you should run away and just get away from it as fast as you can. Often that's all they're looking for is for something to run away. And then they're like, fine, I got rid of it. So, you run away, you get in a vehicle, you get in a building, do whatever you can just to get out of its path. So, those are the main things. If you are happening, like if you happen to have a backpack or something, it's not a bad idea to like throw your backpack down and hope that it focuses its anger on that. But really, you're just trying to get away. That's the main thing. So, pretty simple. Bear spray? It'd probably work. Yeah. It probably uh, from works. a
2: cigarette just if you're ever although they can, a camel camel they can close uh, their yeah, nostrils they can close their nostrils so it might not and work quite as well and they have the third eyelid
1: yeah it uh, yeah. might be
0: harder to get them with Wow. It. camels are bear proof uh, bear spray bear proof, spray proof. Yeah. <laughs> they're bear proof <laughs> <laughs> basically yeah
1: so I think we're going to skip our cage match on them if that's okay with you guys I sure. mostly okay. just don't want to think about it <laughs> <laughs> okay. But we'll come back to cage match, I promise. Let's go into our, and, we, and we're doing a special segment today. So let's do, our, um, let's do our listener questions and we'll wrap up camels and then we'll go into our special part of our episode today. Okay. So Jeff, do you want to do listener questions?
2: All right. This question's from Josh. And he says, first, he says, this is the first podcast that him and his partner have listened to as a married couple ah cute yeah and then he asks if you were building a new animal to dominate the cage match category so i'm gonna make you do cage match after (laughs) all (laughs) this what three traits would you pick from existing animals and what would you name your new animal Uh, all Um, i can
0: think of is man bear pig (laughs) yeah (laughs) i would Uh, give it Give me a sec. Fifty
2: percent man, fifty percent bear, fifty percent pig. <laughs> there you
1: go. I'd give it wings, so I don't mm. know, like, like really big crow wings, because we've done crows. I don't, I can't remember what other birds we've done. Cassowaries don't fly, so not cassowary wings. But I'll give it really big crow wings, so it can fly. I'm giving it a great white shark's mouth, and I'm giving it a gorilla's body. Okay. Yeah. But the
0: gorilla's body, the, his arms are replaced with wings, or are they all combined? No, he's got arms, he's got but wings. then he
1: also has wings, and okay. then he has a big cool. great white shark mouth.
0: Yeah, that's an unholy abomination. Yeah,
1: and I'm calling it gore bird shark.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Stuck the landing. <laughs> crocodile tail.
1: Yeah. You love a crocodile tail. Oh, yeah. So he <laughs> can and play runs. baseball. Yeah.
2: Yep. And then a spider butt. So you have web capabilities. Okay. You can okay. like shoot out
1: webs. So we're saying they can be like big because my wings were big. So your spider yeah, butt this huge. is a
2: huge, okay. <laughs> huge yeah. webs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Like she webs. Okay. Got it. But you've got two butts now. Not got a tail and a butt. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. And then I'll take a camel hump so I can store food if I'm, <laughs> it's like a long fight. You know? So
1: what's its face look like?
2: <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're just going to all die in its web.
1: <laughs> its web's just going to yeah. be all over its tail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mike. So I'm I'm going to take this in maybe a different direction. I'm going to pick the body to be the Sydney funnel web spider so it can be like all small and covert, sneak in and get you. Okay. Uh, it'll have the head. Uh, what's the most dangerous? Orca. An orca head with like the orca teeth but it's tiny oh forget that it'll have koalas <laughs> chlamydia because that's <laughs> bad and oh man i guess wings i'll pick the crow wings i'll i'll take that from u.s so it can fly but it's still really small all right you know cool what are you calling it <laughs> what do you call uh, it <laughs> um, what what i forget what animals i even i'll just call it morris morris (laughs) yeah i just watched shang chi
2: i like that little (laughs) flying dog thing morris okay cool okay great question from david hey dudes loving the podcast question what's your favorite animal themed animal main character led video game
1: mine is shoot oh it's that one that me and you talked about mike that i loved on like on Nintendo U with the little guy it's not Crash Bandicoot. It's um oh never mind, it's Rayman. He's not Oh an uh,
2: yeah it's not really an uh <laughs> Wes' is <this> Rayman. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> mine
1: Mine's probably Bulbasaur. Battletoads. Oh mine's Battletoads. Battletoads, yeah.
0: I'll go with any of the Donkey Kong. Uh I guess I'll specify Donkey
1: Kong Country Two. Diddy's Kong Quest. Oh that's a good pun. I think Battletoads is the game Battletoads is the game I had the most fun playing by myself in my entire life. I just can't imagine having fun in any <laughs> capacity with that video game. I loved
0: it. I hate it <laughs> so much. I never right. beat it, though. So maybe the ending
1: really just no, it makes, the, ending. makes it... No, it was it boring ending. Okay. <laughs> Their car, like, drives off into space.
0: All
2: right. So this one's from Instagram, and it's from Kay Lavert. And she asked, Do you all think Megalog... <laughs> Sorry. Do you all think megalodon could still be out there? I don't. So I actually I watched a documentary about it. Don't and no, you didn't. Jason no. Statham nope. <laughs> narrated it, but it was apparently if like the plates in the deep ocean shift, it's like, not a it will allow for the megalodon to come through the like with that with the pressure. Like right now, it can't because of the oceanic pressure. So you need like a. Te-
0: so shift. you're leaving the door open for it to
1: happen mm. <laughs> okay yeah that makes sense so jeff's seen the movie the meg <laughs> um, <laughs> there's actually there are documentaries out there that are like just total sensational shark week bullshit that are like does megalodon still exist megalodon doesn't still exist like if megalodon was out there we would know about it it's too big of an animal even in the ocean to like be around without west. us okay only yeah. a
0: Sith deals in absolutes. I
1: shouldn't say that as an absolute, but all legitimate shark scientists, I believe, agree that there's that Megalodon doesn't exist anymore.
0: Okay, I'll balance it out by saying yes, they do. Okay. <laughs> so we get both sides, you know. All right. Equal Fair representation. Enough. Well,
2: that's two for yes. All right. All right. Well, case closed. From M. Budine. Wes, if you had to go back and redo your whole wildlife journey, what would you do? But you can't repeat anything you've already done.
1: I would go back and not start this podcast. <laughs> no, oh kidding.
0: come on, man! <laughs> that's <laughs> no. Hurtful. If
1: I if I could go back in time and I had to redo something, I don't know. That's a hard question. I actually kind of hate those questions because I. It's really hard for me to think that way. Like just because I. I just think you think of all the little tangents that come out of every decision that you make in your life. And mm. I'm really happy with where my wildlife journeys led me so but like, far. It's
2: just like asking like, what's like it's what mistake? Like what's a I cool made. animal? No, not mistakes. Uh, it's just like, what's a cool animal you could have studied instead if you went back?
1: Yeah, I don't really know. Like, I don't know if I haven't really had many opportunities that I didn't take. So Mm. like, it's kind of hard for me to answer that. Like at the very beginning of my career, I was offered a pronghorn study instead of a polar bear study. And I'm glad I stuck with polar bears. Um, So I, there's definitely like, there's little things I wish I would have done differently. And this listener question. But there's no, I think it's a good question. I just don't have a good answer for it. You would have invested
0: in Bitcoin, got in early. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would have, I would have taken all the money I've made (laughs) from wildlife and put in Bitcoin in 2010. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Well, that's a good answer.
2: From CJ Turner 13. What is your favorite animal sound slash call?
1: You guys want to answer first? I really just love the sound of
2: red winged blackbirds. Yeah. Mine's going to like spring and summer coming up. And I just think it's a nice noise.
0: Yeah.
1: Mike, do you have a favorite?
0: Yeah. So the elephant trumpet. That's pretty sweet. I also mm. really like contextual. This is like kind of a contextual answer, but would you're out in the middle of nowhere and you hear a wolf howl? Yeah. Uh, like in the middle not of the night, not much
1: beats that.
2: Wolf's a good answer.
1: You I win. have a hard I have a hard time answering this one cuz there's so many that I like. One that always just like amazes me whenever I hear it is when gators bellow. Like when a big male gator does they they do this thing called bellowing where they like pretty much like vibrate their body. I don't know the exact mechanics behind it but it makes this really low rumbling noise and it's a really cool noise. I really like that one. I like a kookaburra noise. I like um,
0: when parrots swear. I like that noise.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of good ones, but wolf, I think a wolf howl is like pretty hard to beat. I might agree with you on that one. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks for answering. Yeah. Is that it for questions? Yeah. All right. Okay. So we are going to skip ouchies just because again, like one of those stories is way too recent for us to get into ouchies. Uh, but we will go into conservation really quick. So wild dromedary camels no longer exist. They haven't existed for thousands of years. The only truly wild camels left anywhere else in the wild are wild Bactrian camels that live in Northwestern China and Southwestern Mongolia. They're double-humped camels. They're critically endangered. There's only about 950 left in the wild. Their main threat is poaching for their meat, and they're often killed by poachers who place mines near the springs where the camels go to drink. Jeez. Um, Yeah, which is a pretty gnarly way to kill an animal and really just evil if you ask me. Yeah. They're also disappearing from scarcity of water sources, hybridization with domestic camels, and predation by wolves, which the predation one's a natural way that they're disappearing, but... So that's not really the species we talked about, but as far as wild camels, there really aren't many left, unless you count these feral ones in Australia, and then there's a lot. And then let's do our claw rating. So our 10 claw rating for camels, I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them a six. I think they're interesting. I think it's really cool how they like survive in the desert, but I just, I don't like, I can pass a field with camel in it and just kind of be like, oh, a camel, but it's not like a big deal to me. So I'm gonna say a six claw. Happen
0: me. very often.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a lot of like little roadside attract. Uh, track like Really? You yeah, like little never... petting zoos and stuff, and they always have a camel. I won't say never, but have you ever been through Scipio, Utah, as you're driving I... down to California? Probably. Yeah, there's that one truck stop in Scipio that has like there are camels a ton there? of camels. Yeah. Dude, let's go. They have like a zebra and camels and all sorts of stuff. Anyway.
2: Oh man. Well if you like saw one in the mall or something then would I, you care yeah i'd care but it'd still be a six claw animal for me
1: <laughs> i don't know what's <laughs> your guys rating
2: i'm going seven yeah and i'm gonna rank it actually i'm gonna go eight i'm gonna rank it 73 hmm. okay Kay. i came in before this
0: episode i was probably at a six yeah after everything that we learned I'm at like a really strong high seven, not quite an eight, but I'm feeling camels are cool.
1: They are. But to me though, they're, they're pretty much a domesticated animal to me and they're just not as fascinating Mm. to me as a wild. There's like top five animal
2: I'd want to ride on. Like the double humpers get in the middle of the humps. Oh,
0: you get in the middle. See how that feels. What would you do, Mike? I'd just
1: wedge right onto one of them. (laughs) You'd be on (laughs) top of a hump. (laughs) Uh, it seems way all more right. fun. Anywhere between six and eight is our final ruling on camels. Cool. Well, that's Why is it for six camels. Six, eight, to seven. Because uh, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> uh, so for the last oh, little man. bit of this episode, uh, I got to write that one down. <laughs> those of you who follow sports, you likely know that it's March Madness time. Do you and... mind if I steal that joke from you,
2: Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have it. probably that's
1: probably working on your brackets out there um and if you've been following the podcast for a while you know last year we did our own brackets of just animals that we like and (laughs) there's not a lot of rhyme or reason to it but it's fun and so jeff actually has been working hard on putting together brackets for this year and we didn't repeat any animals but we had jeff why don't you take it from here you can kind of lead the conversation on these brackets
2: yeah i'm a big bracket guy I just like brackets,
1: you know? Mm -hmm. Any bracket,
2: I want to see who ends up winning. So this is year two of our favorite animal bracket. And this year, I changed it up a little bit. So how March Madness works is there's like 64 teams and there's four sections of 16 So this year Wes has a section of 16 animals, I have a section, Mike has a section, and then there's a section of tooth and claw animals that we've told in stories. Right. So we're going to do the first round and then we'll finish it on our next Patreon episode. Right. But yeah, let's do the first round here. And how it's going to work is each person just takes a turn choosing which animal wins. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that's that's how we did it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Are
0: we allowing any kind of like outsider
2: influence? Like if yeah, like I think I'll like there's a horse in this year's. So I think when if you're choosing between horse, I'll try to convince you to choose the horse. You're not. It's not gonna. Okay. (laughs) We'll see
1: how that goes. For the sake of time, I don't think we should do too much. Outside. I was taking a walk.
0: I always walk at lunchtime, and I walk right by this little field with a couple of horses. And there's uh this horse that stands right next to the fence. It just stands there. And today I was like walking right by it and a fly literally landed on its eyeball, like it was sitting on its eyeball (laughs) and it flew off and the horse didn't react in any way.
1: Horses are so stupid. That's pretty cool. That horse is just like mastered. Yeah. It's totally zen. Zen zen master. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Stoic. Uh, Who wants to start? I'll start. Okay. Okay. We're going
2: to start on your section, Wes. All right. The one seed sloth bear up against
1: the 16 seed peacock jumping spider. So peacock jumping spiders are really beautiful, cool little spiders, but I'm picking the sloth bear. Yeah. Picking the sloth
2: bear. Sloth bear. Cool how the cubs hang on to their mom's back.
1: A lot of cool things about them. So
2: it's definitely them. And I've
1: worked with them. So sloth bear.
2: All right. To Mike. We got eight seed bowhead whale versus the nine seed harpy eagle. Ooh, that's a tough one. A little um, info yeah.
1: on those two really quick. Yeah, yeah. Bowhead whales are possibly the longest living species of whales. Like, we have no idea how long they live. They live up in the Arctic. Oh, whaley. Really? Harpy eagles are <laughs> the biggest eagles by mass. They're, like, tied oh, with dude. stellar sea eagles, and they have the biggest talons of any eagles. And they live in the jungles and eat monkeys.
0: So I'm biased to water, like aquatic animalia, so I'm going bowhead.
1: That was a hard pick.
2: I got the 5 versus the 12. So Asiatic black bear up against a marine iguana. Marine iguanas were really fun in that, what, is it Planet Earth 2? Yeah. What's the documentary where the snakes chase them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I just love bears, so I'm going Asiatic black bear. It's a good pick. So four seed, Wes, this is you, four seed maned wolf up against the 13 seed lilac breasted roller.
1: Right. So lilac breasted roller is probably the most beautiful bird I've seen in person, but mm. I'm picking the main statement. Mained wolf just has like really cool a long mane- legs. Oh yeah. They're, yeah. they're okay. just a really neat animal. So I'm yeah, picking the maned cool. wolf. Yeah. Your
0: little Star Wars attack would work on those too, Jeff fly around their super long legs
2: yeah that's true <laughs> uh all right mike sunda island vi- pit viper versus uh west island, i don't even know how this is six versus eleven
1: yeah verse the so the vi- eleven is a li- liar bird okay so mike i'm holding up a photo of a sunda island pit viper yeah i'm feeling they're like also called like on wind. blue insularis viper yeah. but Liar birds. You should watch this clip of David Attenborough with a liar bird. They can replicate any sound. So he's like, buy oh, one, and I it replicates that. the sound of like a camera sh- shutter clicking, and then oh, a wow. chainsaw cutting down logs in the forest, and a car alarm. It, it's the craziest animal video I think I've ever seen. Those would be so great for like pick. a.
0: That'd be that animal would be really good for like a fart prank. <laughs>
3: yeah. <it would> be. <laughs>
1: So that's your uh, pick. That's a tough one. I'm going cobra. It's the pit viper. Sunda island pit <laughs> viper. Whatever. It okay. is snakes, they're all the same. You really cobra. should watch the liar bird clip though. I'm going to send it to you later.
2: Uh I got an easy one. 3 versus 14 And a moor leopard versus a muskox. I'm going a moor leopard. Like, those things are dope. Cool.
1: Rarest big cat in the world. Yeah. Yeah,
2: they had them they have them at the Salt Lake Zoo and it yeah. had cubs and they were really cute. Musk, ox, right, musk oxen are cool to you. I musk just oxen want to right. sneak that. I've in seen maybe. a lot of those. Make a cool coat with one. Both of <laughs> them. Yeah. When you're <laughs> driving by, like a little
0: fence with a musk ox in it, are you reacting right. better or worse than if you see a camel?
2: <laughs> better. <laughs> <laughs> Seven verse ten. Uh, this one's tricky, Wes. Yeah. A gibbon versus spectacled caiman. I'm
1: picking the gibbon. Gibbons Ooh. are my probably my favorite primates. They're like a lesser ape. They're the ones with like the big round faces that if you've ever seen the Kung Fu Panda movies, the monkey is a gibbon. Yeah. They like are really good swingers and super acrobatic and really funny. So I'm picking the gibbon.
2: Okay. Mike, you got a two verse 15, the great hammerhead shark up against a mandrail.
0: Oh, man. That's actually harder than I would have guessed for this seeding matchup. But I got to go, Hammerhead.
1: You know what a mandrel, mandrel is, is, right?
2: really pretty, though. Yeah. All right. So the top seed wins every right. round in Wes's bracket. No upsets. Just how we like it. <laughs> yeah. We like <laughs> Who, to be predictable. Whose turn is it? My turn? Yeah. Okay. Actually, I want, I'm going to go to Mike's. Okay. All right. So the one seed white rhinoceros up against 16 seed... Dutch Lop racket, Rabbit. Uh, I'm going, I don't know what a Dutch Lop Rabbit is. Then don't pick it. <laughs> so I'm going White now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
0: Dutch Lop Rabbits are like the really cute bunnies with the floppy ears.
2: Man, maybe I should have picked it. <laughs> I knew. I, I waited until <laughs> right, after you picked to give that detail because
0: I knew.
1: Eight verse nine Albatross versus Spotted Eagle Ray. All right. Time to deliver the first upset. I'm going Spotted Eagle Ray over Albatross. Um, nice. Those yeah, are... I've worked with Spotted Eagle Rays. I've caught them. I've seen them scuba diving. They're beautiful. Oh,
0: man. They're so pretty.
1: Albatross are cool. Largest wingspan of any bird. Uh, wandering Albatross, but I'm still picking Spotted Eagle Ray. Okay, 5 verse 12,
2: Flamingo and King Crab. Mike?
1: Oh, is it me?
0: Uh, mm-hmm. King yeah. Crab or what was the other one?
2: Uh, flamingo. Flamingo. Ooh. You seeded these. Did I? <laughs> yeah. Shoot. <laughs> but you can upset your own bracket. I think I might have to. Okay, hold on. Yeah, I'm going to go flamingo. Okay, that's the five. Yeah. Uh, We got a camel versus a yak. Four versus 13. Yak was always my, one of my favorites to get and go fish as a That's kid. true.
1: I remember that. <laughs> it was mom's But I'm favorite. going
2: camel. I like camels a little more. Mm. All right. Uh, Wes, you got... A puffin versus a capybara.
1: Yeah, I'm picking capybara. Yeah, good. Oh, an okay. upset. Yeah. Six eleven. Eleven yeah. over six. World's largest rodent. They're really cool. I've seen them in the Pantanal and elsewhere in Brazil. I just really like capybara. So I'm capybara. Pretty surprisingly big. Yeah, they're huge, Mike. You get kangaroo versus the pink fairy armadillo. Um, pink fairy armadillos look like a creature from Star Wars. They're so they're s- cool looking. I think I'm gonna go with the armadillo. Good
0: pick, kangaroo. I don't know that I seated the kangaroo way too high, but yeah, yeah. you did.
1: Um, all
2: right, seven versus ten. The atlas moth versus California sea lion. I love sea lions, but I I just kind of want the atlas moth to go on. They're pretty. I like that. Yeah. All right. They're pretty. I'll just leave it at that. They are pretty. All right. Wes, you get two versus 15 green anaconda versus 15 dung beetle. Oh, that's uh, tough. That's a hard one. <laughs> that's a hard
1: one. <laughs> uh, just for the sake of making this more fun I'm picking the dung beetle. <laughs> yeah, they got some
2: cool facts. They
1: yeah. do. I'm picking you dung got, beetle. You love poop. They're ecosystem engineers. And you hate anacondas. I like anacondas a lot. <laughs> All right.
2: Um, Mike, your pick. Okay. My one verse 16, you got a sloth versus a chipmunk. I don't, I'm don't. i not crazy about
0: sloths. I'm not going to lie. Are you, you crazy like chipmunks? about chipmunks? I, you know, I'm nuts about them.
1: <laughs> well, pick whatever your heart tells you. No,
0: me. I, like, honestly, it's got to be
2: sloth. They're really interesting. And, uh. Yes. I, I was a little worried. <laughs> Yeah. uh I got eight and nine swamp lemur versus satanic leaf-tailed gecko. I'm going satanic gecko. I think that's a good uh, pick. It's a great name uh, those too. Are pretty dope. Yeah. They are.
1: They look like they have a leaf on their tails.
2: uh Wes five versus twelve humpback whale versus Arabian sand cat.
1: Humpback whale. The little wild cats to me just look like someone's cat got out. I'm not a big fan. So I'm picking humpback whale. All right. Yep. Uh, Wes hates cats. I like cats, but (laughs) I'll stop doing
2: that to you every day. All right. Uh, Mike, four verse 13, zebra versus titty monkey. What? (laughs) Uh, Zebra. Really? I don't know what a titty
1: monkey is. It's a cute little monkey. Is it? They're pretty cute. And it's got all a right. funny name. All right. A zebra is just a striped horse.
0: No, dude. Have you ever <laughs> had the zebra chewing gum? Yeah, that's
1: not what we're talking about. <laughs> I can't believe you like zebras that he much when you hate zebras.
2: horses. <laughs> if you
1: just had stripes oh, you're on a horses, he'd be all
2: in. Mike's on the record, anti-titty. <laughs> it's not a horse, it's a zebra. Uh-huh. Uh Wes. Or no, it's me, right? Uh-huh. This is my hardest one yet. Six versus 11, a honey badger versus a fennec fox. Yeah. Fennec foxes are really cute. They are. And got big old ears, which yeah. I'm a sucker for. I'm
1: taking the fox. I like that pick because I feel like the honey badger thing got a little blown out of proportion. They're pretty cool. They but are. Yeah. But I just kind of feel like everyone thinks they're like the most badass animal in the world. And fennec foxes are cool too.
2: We might actually have a big upset here, Wes. Okay. So... Three verse 14,
1: golden snub-nosed monkey.
2: Yeah. Very unique looking animals versus the green sea turtle.
1: Yeah. I know why you think there might be an upset because I've worked with green sea turtles and I've seen hundreds of them in the wild and they're really cool. But nothing, golden snub-nosed monkeys are like some of the coolest looking animals out there. So I (laughs) got to pick them. Crazy. I got to pick the golden snub-nosed monkey. I think they're like one of the animals I'd I'd most want to see in the wild. So one people. of
0: our one of our earliest listener questions. One of my friends told me to ask, "Would you rather have a snub nosed monkey or a snub nosed shotgun?" <laughs> he thought that was a
1: good question to that's ask a on the podcast. Question. Is it? Do you know what they look like, Mike? Golden it's a bad question. Monkeys? It's a bad question. Okay. Yeah. But do you know what golden snub nosed monkeys look like? They're like the coolest looking monkey.
0: Oh yeah, that's pretty. That is cute. Like the, I'd the adult something. ones
1: are really cool too yeah, yeah They're really really
0: neat
2: So I'd pick that over a shotgun Yeah <laughs> All right. 7 verse 10 Mike Hercules beetle Or oh. red winged blackbird Oh Hercules beetle are you kidding Ooh, me That hurts
0: that it's, one hurts a little bit That one's so easy for Hercules love, beetles are amazing I
1: love red winged blackbird
0: Hercules they just like flipped stuff over you And know then 2 cool? verse 15 You think they could
1: flip a car over
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Probably if you like, made, got a huge one. Uh, 2 verse 15, black bear versus magpie. So I'm taking black bear. It's my fourth favorite animal. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, your magpie. Yeah. All right. So now the tooth and claw section. All We've right. got some good animals in here, guys. Yeah. So wake up. If you fall asleep out there, wake up. We're <laughs> 1 verse final... 16. Is it, who is it? Wes? I think it's me yeah grizzly bear versus a turkey a grizzly bear yeah that's easy an easy, one. Okay. easy. <laughs> easiest pick yet mike yep i think i know your answer here but let's see eight verse nine a svalbard reindeer versus a beaver oh the svalbard reindeer
0: i love those little guys it's got to be that yeah
2: that's a good pick uh jeff five verse 12 spectacled cobra versus a coyote Ooh, curious what you pick here i yeah me too Oh, that's my hardest one now. I'm going to go coyote. Yeah, I Just get that. because I've interacted with them a bit more, you Yeah, know? you have I feel a more like personal I... relationship. Yeah. Uh, Wes, this one's really hard. Four verse
1: 13, a cheetah versus skunk. This one is hard, actually, because skunks to me are like a symbol of like summer, and I just really think they're a cool little animal. And I always you get- You like how they smell. I do like how they smell, and I get really excited when I see a skunk. What big cats do we have right now? We have an Amur, leopard, and I feel like we have some other big cats. Don't we? Uh, we have one more coming up. I'm gonna pick the skunk. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw a curveball here and pick the skunk. Wow. Yeah. Upset of yeah.
2: the of the tournament there. Yeah, I guess. Okay, that's crazy. You're I crazy. Yeah. Cheetahs are sweet. I take it back. I pick the <laughs> cheetah. <laughs> I want the cheetah. Yeah. All right, All right. <laughs> yeah. You already picked a dung beetle, so you might yeah. as well like in your opinion for, pick for it. yeah. <laughs> All right, it's a Mike. Hard pick. You got a bull shark versus goonch. Six eleven. Yeah. Is this
0: me? Yeah. Yeah. Bullsh- bull shark. The legend of the goonch. Oh, oh man, yeah? it All persists. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Ah oh, man. Didn't Wait. So what out. are you picking, Mike? The one that isn't the goonch.
2: The bull shark taking <laughs> the bull shark. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then I have three verse fourteen, quarter horse versus uh African honeybee Okay. Mike's gonna be so mad. Horse versus bee. <laughs> you better not. It's taking faith. the horse. Are you serious? Why? <laughs> Horses are sweet, dude. They're
0: not. In what way? Doggo? <laughs> <laughs> Shadowfax? We Shadow don't need facts?
2: to go into this again. <laughs> West versus, seven yeah. verse ten, a moose versus a mountain lion. Oh, the moose is a seven seed. I'm picking the mountain lion. That's an easy pick. Mountain lion. Okay. Yeah. And then Mike, you got two verse fifteen, jaguar versus vampire bat.
0: Oh, okay. What are we thinking okay. here, fellas?
2: You you got pretty sold on the vampire. Bat I do like them in the episode.
0: Jaguars are just a, t- a tier above, though. You know. Yeah.
2: The guy. It's got to be jaguar. jaguar. Yeah, you could have so got cool. some good revenge on me for the B
1: I'm kind of bummed that those two got pitted against each other because I really liked both of those. But
2: Yeah, you, you think know? I should have put Moose 15? It's all right.
1: It's fine. <laughs> Freaking
2: last year, the bison went to like the final four or something. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I figured I'd give Moose a good seed. All right. So, yeah, I feel like we're going to get more people unsubscribing from yeah. patreon and subscribing <laughs> after listening to all that but we're gonna finish it off on the next patreon episode we're gonna go through the round of 32 16 oh. 8 4
1: 2 1 we'll be quick and we'll Ooh. put some stories in there too it's gonna be a fun episode yeah. Yeah. i liked It'll ours last year and then at some point we'll do these on instagram too and let everyone mm-hmm. vote and take it through probably by the time you're listening to this Yeah. it's going to be pretty quick. So yeah, well, probably a little after cause me and Jeff are going to Mexico tomorrow to see gray whales. So we are. Yeah. Wait, what? (laughs) Oh, sweet. You didn't know about this, Mike? No. What? No, I did. You told me and (laughs) I told you, I said,
0: no way. Jose. said No. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for the uh, camel episode slash first round of our animal bracket. Thanks everyone. As always for tuning in. Thanks for you. Uh, Thanks to you, Patreon subscribers, especially. You guys really have kept us afloat for so long and have made this really fun because it's nice to to have people supporting us in that way. And thanks, everyone else. And thanks, Jeff and Mike. And thanks, um, Camels. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> we appreciate
2: it. To you. everyone who paved... The way before us in the podcasting world, yeah, yeah. so that we can be here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bye, guys.
1: Bye. See you.